1: Good afternoon, this is Good Things on The Bigger Picture, the show where we speak to good people doing good things. So as the world commemorated International Workers' Day back in May, women workers across Asia and the Pacific united to continue their fight for workers' rights and push for their demands on social protection and decent work. Feminists and labour organisations also put forward their demands for employers and governments to provide decent work and living wages and ensures social protection of workers and for governments to strengthen workers' participatory democracy and ratify several conventions by the International Labour Organization or the ILO. So today on Good Things, I'm joined by activist Sring Atin of the Indonesian Migrant Workers Union and Kams Delihente of the Centre for the Trade Union and Human Rights from the Philippines to find out more. Welcome ladies, how are you today? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, Juliet. Thank you so much for joining me today. So um, I, I would like to uh, start off by getting to know the both of you better and also about the organizations that you guys represent. Uh, maybe we can start with you, Sring. Can you tell me a little bit uh, about you know, the Indonesian Mi- Migrant Workers Union? Um, I understand it's a union of migrant workers for foreign domestic workers from Indonesia who are in Hong Kong, am I correct? Yes, yes. So yeah,
0: it's, uh, we are registered under of the Registry of Trade Union in Hong Kong, uh, and uh, our work is uh, to organising migrant workers and also empowering uh, migrant workers. That mostly our member is women from Indonesia.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. And why is it uh, there was a need to start this union? Maybe you can talk about the organization's roles and responsibilities.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, why we start to organize uh, uh, migrant workers because I think there is also some history that, you know, uh, in the beginning, while in Hong Kong there is no organization, uh, migrant workers doesn't know how to seek help, you know, they are so afraid to get their justice, you know, I mean that because there is also they face like uh, so many problems from the employers that many regulations come from. Indonesian governments or Hong Kong government, they are not really understand. So that's why the you know we we uh, all the migrant workers they uh, also get support from the NGO in Hong Kong that you cannot just wait from others to help uh, fellow migrants. You need to have home. You have to. You need to have umbrella. Mm. How to represent yourself? You know how to represent your issue. How to help each other because, uh, uh, you know, first we are migrant workers. We are far from our family. We are like strangers in the uh, uh, strange land. Yeah. yeah? So that's why we need to have home for migrant workers that we can support each other. So this is uh, the beginning why we are really trying to form a union and to represent migrant domestic workers and to help each other, you know, and also to speak. Uh, what the current situation of migrant and then how we can demand for Hong Kong government Indonesian government for better uh, you know life for migrant domestic worker and their family
1: so string i mean just just to ask you so you're based in Hong Kong as well yes yes yes
0: i'm based in Hong Kong i'm also work as the domestic
1: worker in Hong Kong for mm-hmm. almost 20 years 20 years wow okay (laughs) it's a long time and (laughs) yeah is it was it hard to sort of unionize and to get uh you know i I think there's a lot of um uh, barriers isn't it to joining the unions uh i know like even for the filipino workers for example i was reading like you know even the government tells them not to join these sorts of unions was it the same for uh, indonesian migrant workers
0: yeah because this is not our you know like because we have long story about organizing and what happened in Indonesia before. And right? that's why people is also afraid to join organization because they think that, uh, especially trade union, we are focused only on political. But in, in reality, we are not only just focused with political issue, but we also focus on the woman issue, you know, economic issue, social issue. So that's why we try to promote that, you know, it's very important to be a part of a union and of course it's very difficult because again we are live in domestic worker in hong kong we need we have limited time but mm. we need to maximize our rest day how to, uh, uh, you know, organize migrant workers who have rest day, mostly on Sunday in in Park. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And what were your own experiences as a, as a domestic worker uh, in Hong Kong? I mean, uh, did you also face struggles? You know, was it uh, hard for you as well? You know, did you face discrimination mm-hmm. and those sorts of things?
0: Yeah. I think the first time when I come in Hong Kong, like I also uh, become underpaid, you know, I received the salary under of minimum wage. Mm-hmm. And also I faced like, uh, cheating by the agency, uh-huh. and I just uh, this is uh, a big lesson for me that because I don't understand, uh, you know, what the re- regulation, what what I need to do in Hong Kong, yeah, because there is not much information that I can get from our own governments. That's and I I see that there is a lot of women, and they they have same experience with me, so like I don't want, uh, uh, you know, them. Uh, have the same experience like what happened with me. Yeah. So that's why I decided myself that I need to join the organization. I need to study. I need to make sure that they must understand so they can fight, <laughs> you know, they can save while they are in overseas.
1: Mm -hmm. That's that whole call of solidarity, isn't it? Yes, collective struggles, but solidarity together. And, you know, that's how you will fight this oppression. Okay. Yes. And uh, Gams, maybe I can talk to you now. Tell me a little bit about the Center for Trade, Union and Human Rights. You guys are based in the Philippines. How did you guys come about? Maybe you can tell me a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, our organization, CTUHR, has been in existence for 37 years now. Uh, we do documentation and monitoring of workers' rights violations in the Philippines and at the national level. So we monitor uh, both the economic uh, rights of workers and also the, their civil and political rights. But in the past, Years During this uh, outgoing administration that we have, we've been more preoccupied dealing with uh, violations against uh, workers' freedom of association, as there are many cases of uh, union rights violations, there are many cases of red tagging, unionist vilification, workers being arrested, just workers or union leaders being killed. So, yeah, we, we do monitoring and also campaign and uh, advocacy work on those kinds of issues.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and I was reading,
2: um, this might be outdated and, and forgive
1: me if it is, but uh, back in 2020, mm-hmm. then President Rodrigo Duterte, he signed the Philippine Anti-Terror Law, right? And that was actually used to target yeah. activists, organizers such as yourself in the Philippines, isn't it? Um, under the guise of um, terrorism against the state, but actually, you know, it was just about speaking up against injustice. Mm-hmm, yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. Speaking of the anti terrorism law, yeah, our organization is one of the petitioners that filed the complaint against the Supreme Court in the Philippines. Uh, We are telling them that it is in violation of the constitutional right of the people. And especially, we are concerned about. Its impact on the workers, and yeah, we were together with a lot of organizations and groups. Well, and although it was not used, it is not being used like explicitly. They're saying that uh, you are in violation of this law just because it's widely op- opposed. Technically, it's also what they're doing. They're they're going they're going around the existing laws, and they're trying to. Uh, vilify workers and activists and telling that they found something, they found explosives and firearms in their houses and they are involved in terrorist organizations and they should be jailed or they should be killed. So, yeah, we're really concerned with that. Uh, as one of the complainants against the law, uh, our organization has also experienced being red tagged. Uh, we, uh, a few, weeks later after we filed at the supreme court we saw some uh posters in social media tagging us as fronts of whatever kinds of groups that they consider terrorists terrorists oh gosh yeah yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay all right and is that an, an ongoing issue for you guys
2: yeah, not for ourselves, but for many of the workers that we are working with. Uh, uh, many are in jail and many are still continuously being hounded by military and by elements of the the agency called National Task Force to end local communist armed conflict. They are going house to house in the workers' communities, uh, forcing them, harassing them to disaffiliate from their unions. It's really terrible. uh, uh, The workers are being afraid. Uh, They're they're trying to uh, resist the harassment and finding ways to campaign against it, but it's really at a very alarming uh, level right now. Uh, It's most especially uh, happening in uh, special economic zones where there are existing unions.
1: Okay. So so unions are quite targeted by uh, by this law yeah. and, and by the authorities. okay yeah. All right. Okay, um, let's just go for one quick break, ladies. When we come back, let's talk a little bit more about uh, the um, the May Day Manifesto that the Asia Pacific Forum on Women, Law and Development, which you guys are partners and and um, members of. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that after this quick break. I'm speaking today to Sering Atin. she's from the Indonesian Migrant Workers Union based in Hong Kong, and comes Delihente Hente from the Center for Trade Union and Human Rights in the Philippines. We're talking is another episode of Good Things. We're talking about International Workers' Day, especially with a focus on Women workers across Asia and the Pacific, and how they continue to fight for their rights. We'll continue that discussion after this quick break. You're listening to Good Things on the Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Good Things on The Bigger Picture, the show where we speak to good people doing good things. The two good ladies with me today are Sering Atin. She's from the Indonesian Migrant Workers Union in Hong Kong and Kams Delihente from the Centre for Trade, Union and Human Rights in the Philippines. We're talking about, uh, well, collective struggles, solidarity forever. Uh, back in uh, May, during May Day, actually, the Asia-Pacific Forum on Women, Law and Development or the APWLD, which both camps and uh, Sering are part of through their organizations. They released a political statement uh, and, you know, Women women Workers United to fight for the rights and, uh, you know, to call for solidarity. And I think we all know that, you know, international labor migration in Southeast Asia, that has consistently increased over the past few decades. Women, of course, make up half of the region's 10 million migrants. But of course, uh, women migrant workers often face Uh, you know, higher risk of violence, there's also trafficking, there's discrimination uh, compared to, I suppose, male migrant workers. Talk to me about the unique struggles that women migrant workers face uh, as compared to perhaps their male counterparts.
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, it is really very, it's not easy uh, for, especially for the women workers to come together and also doing the uh, action, you know, because we know that women usually very busy with the domestic issue uh, with their family. And now we are talking with, uh, you know, women workers in general. So it's not easy uh, to bring a woman to have protest action by online. And it's not very common, mm. you know, because we know that online is just familiar with us uh, during the pandemic COVID-19. And now we need to uh, change our way how to do uh, uh, to speak up about our issue by online. So I think this is the new uh, the new way how we we able to come together in in as the regional you know uh women workers in one action i think this is very uh you know it's not it's not easy yeah mm-hmm. to bring all women workers to speak up and i think that we we really appreciate that APWLD as the regional uh, uh you know network able to bring all women from the grassroots to speak about what their demand what their issue and especially their, their challenge uh, during the pandemic COVID
1: nineteen. Okay, all right, and Camps, uh, how about you? You know, I mean, maybe you can share what you think are some of the unique struggles that women fight, um, women migrant workers face.
2: Yeah, uh, I believe women migrant workers are more vulnerable to gender-based violence and, of course, sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a lot of Filipinos have been victimized by. Uh, Rape and uh, other forms of sexual harassment in various countries. Mm-hmm. Okay, and
1: uh, I just want to bring—we've—we've uh, we've just got Eds uh, De La Cruz. She's the Information and Communications Officer at the Asia Pacific Forum on Women, Law, and Development. She's just joined us on the line. Uh, uh, well, hi, Eds. How are you today? Are you okay?
3: Hi, Juliet. Hi. Thank you. Yes, I'm good. Um, hi, Shring. Hi, Kams.
1: Okay, so uh, thank you for jumping into the conversation at this point, uh, never too late. Uh, you know, of course, you guys have uh, have been at the forefront of bringing all of this together. I mean, what do you think about that as well? You know, the, diff- the, the unique struggles that women migrant workers are facing?
3: Yeah, I think it's very important that um, we build um, solidarity among workers in all um, countries in the Asia-Pacific region. Um, there might be some differences in their experiences, but there there are similarities on how they are being um, affected by several issues, especially the workers. Mm -hmm. Um, In particular, migrant workers, for instance, um, in APWLD, we have been working with over 265 um, organizations across Asia and the Pacific. And we have seen trends in which um, women workers, migrant women workers, are being affected differently by, by this labor export policy, for instance, um, by different um, issues such as the lack of protection of the country origin and the country destination of, um, for instance, migrant workers. And we we think that it is really important that we amplify the voices of these um, women's organizations, trade union organizations, and migrant workers' organizations, because we need to bring the discourse and not see them just like... Um, goods that we trade across countries but they have rights that they need to uphold they need to protect so yeah it's it's really um, an important um discussion that that we're having um seeing how this women, are working together to push for their rights in different arenas, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And because you know, this these are women who are in countries uh, that are not their country of origin, right? Not their home, um, and maybe the the domestic laws aren't quite relevant, you know, to the context of migration, right? Um, is it important that these sorts of laws are also in place to protect migrant women as well as national women? You know, in terms of like domestic violence and things like that.
3: Yeah, it's it's very important. That is why um, many migrant workers um, organizations are pushing for bilateral agreements in protection of migrant workers, of workers in in general. Because even if you are working in your home country, you are faced with different difficulties. True. Um, the 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 policies in place are not implemented properly, and there are some countries that do not even have. Um, protections for for workers uh, and it's it makes the the work of um, women very difficult because the the nature of women's work here um, in the Asia and the Pacific region are lowly paid. Um, the the nature of work they are not protected they are very vulnerable to different kind of abuses and violations so policies laws, Regardless if it's in the country origin or country destination are really important, and um, closely monitoring how these laws and policies are implemented is is as important as the presence of laws. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um. Uh. String or camps. Anything you wanted to add to that? Yeah, I think that you know, um,
0: yeah, is uh, against that. You know, it's not easy, especially a woman to speak up. You know, mm-hmm. and. I think when we come together as women, we learn a lot from the others, you know, how the other women, is, Because I be the IBWLD in the labor's, uh, you know, committee member is not only just migrant, but there is also women woman worker from the plantation, woman, uh, farmer woman. So that's why we, we learn a lot from different issues of women, and then we can come together. I think that this is the very important that why we need a joint action, why we need solidarity, because again, we are live under system. Mm -hmm. All the workers, you know, they they face the the same problem because under of the crisis, we face also like, uh, you know, um, termination, we face low wages, we also face like long working hours and there is so many issues regarding women, like there is no right for reproduction, there is no right for women to, you know, to have, uh, like uh, pregnant this is also faced by the woman worker in factory not only just migrant uh, workers so I think that uh, from this uh, uh, joint action we we really strength, you know it can strength, strengthen us that we believe that we can do something we believe that the woman is the holding the half of the, the sky I think that this is true if more women yeah if more women come up to speak up I think the government can listen they will listen us. So there is also some campaign in BWLD that if women stop, the world will stop. So I think that this is very important how we can continue to uh, building a solidarity and continue to
1: doing the action. Camps, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, anything you wanted to add to that?
2: Yeah, I think uh, APWLD's activities uh, help amplify our organizations in empowering uh, women workers in this in this to be more confident and to be more aware of their rights and to. Build solidarity among themselves. In the Philippines, for example, only a small portion of uh, unionist unionized workers are women, and uh, a lesser portion are in the in the leadership of unions. Because, uh, yeah, still the the male. Uh, dominate the leadership of unions. So yeah, activities and activities like this uh, exposing uh, our organizations and our members and partners to the experiences and stories of other women in other uh, countries uh, inspire us, inspire them to to have more confidence in leading and organizing themselves and uh, yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) gaining more power Gaining more power. And it's interesting what
1: you say that even in the unions, it's more male dominated. That's that's really interesting. And maybe that's why we also uh, need to create sort of gender responsive and, uh, you know, laws and more inclusive laws. Uh, and, and those things are really important, right? If you want to end all these issues like violence against uh, women, especially women migrant workers and all of that. Would you agree?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh...
1: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, so we definitely need to uh, create, agree. No, no worries. Um yeah, uh, how about you Eds, you know? I mean, how important is, is it to create sort of gender responsive um yeah, and these inclusive laws, isn't it, to protect um uh, women especially and especially uh we're talking about here women migrant workers.
3: Yeah, this is that is very important. Um that is why in EPWLD we've been holding the campaign um for the um, ratification of uh, C190 um, in all um, Asia Pacific countries because it's very important that women. The, the Convention on um, ILO Convention Convention C190 um, discusses protection of women in all workplaces, and we see the value of that because we know that the women because of the patriarchal society, because of the different manifestations of patriarchy in the society, even in the workplaces, women are really vulnerable. They are vulnerable to abuses, to labor rights violations, and especially migrant workers, migrant women workers, they are very much vulnerable because the, the country of origins are lacking the protection um, that, that they're supposed to give their um their workers, yeah. and the country destinations as well, they do not uphold or they do not protect the, the rights of, of the workers. So having these policies would at least um, give them the um, the guarantee of rights and something that women workers could, um, could use to assert their rights better in all possible arena. So yeah, um, we think that protection of of workers, gender responsive um, policies in place is really necessary to have uh, for, for for women workers in general and migrant workers in, in particular.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you know, just going back to something uh, string said as well, you know, we also need to target the specific groups, isn't it? Because there's so many different, I mean, migrant women migrant workers are not a homogenous group. You know, there's so many different kinds of struggles, so many different sort of challenges. So all of these things need to be addressed um, and perhaps in legal frameworks, right? Uh, and in policies, as you were saying. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay.
1: All right. Let's let's talk a little bit about. So, okay. Yes, we're way past May Day. Um, it's more than a month since uh, then. But you know, on May Day, of course, or during that time, uh, you know, you guys got together. You put forward your demands for employers and governments to provide decent work and living wages to ensure social protection of workers. And um, you know, you also called on um governments to to uphold, you know, or to ratify certain conventions from the International Labour Organization. Uh, maybe you want to tell. Tell me a little bit about that, um, specifically conventions number 87 and 98, I think 189, 177. Who, who would like to explain those to us?
3: Yeah, this these conventions are um, meant to provide protection, further protection to, to women, because we recognize that there, for for some countries in Asia and the Pacific region, there are already um, policies in place, mm. maybe domestic laws um, in place that are supposedly protecting um, the rights of women workers. However, um, ratifying this this laws or this conventions, this ILO conventions, would further guarantee that women are given decent work they have uh, proper access to benefits mm-hmm. and um, government services and these women are protected um in their workplaces as i have mentioned earlier um the the world of work for women have made the the world of work for women has been very vulnerable um, it is somehow laden with a lot of labor rights violations. And the very least that the government could do is to protect women. And having these um, this conventions would at least somehow facilitate the enabling environment that could guarantee that employers are held accountable. And likewise, governments, especially those who are working for workers, um, government agencies, Government institutions that are supposedly working for the benefit benefit of workers are being held accountable. Because in the issue of labor rights violations, often what what happened to to w- women workers is that um, they're just working together, fighting for their rights. Mm-hmm. But the culture of imp- of impunity has been very strong. That um big businesses companies and government uh, governments are not being held accountable yeah. to all these violations so it is um, necessary that women workers across regions um would go together um fight together and in solidarity would push their governments to at the very least make some steps. Um, to to
1: protect them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, String or camps. Anything you wanted to add to that about the importance yeah. of? So, yeah. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. I I think I just want to highlight the why we demand for the ratification or of, of the Convention C one eight nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the convention that recognize the domestic worker as work. You know. So how we how the government really, uh, you know, ensure the basic right of the domestic worker, because we know that in the national level, in the international level itself, like uh, domestic worker is not yet recognized as the worker. So that's why they are become a lowest, you know, the worker with the lowest uh, wages, yeah. you know, in the, in, in the society, you know, even in our uh, home country, the domestic worker is not yet, uh, you know, protects, have protection uh, under of the any kind of law. That's why we are really, uh, you know, uh, fight for uh, how the government really implement the Convention of C One Eight Nine to recognize the works and also to recognize the contribution of domestic worker, including the
1: migrant workers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kams, okay. anything you wanted to add to that?
2: Yeah, the conventions you we were asking earlier about convention eighty seven and ninety-eight, I think they're both, uh, concerning uh freedom of association and the right to collective bargaining. Mm-hmm. So some countries in the Asia Pacific have not yet ratified this conventions, which is really necessary in like uh promoting and giving uh more democratic uh Atmosphere oh, to, to for workers to to uh, claim their right to organization. So yeah, because, uh, their unions, their organizations are really very very necessary in uh, addressing uh, concerns of workers and and in in their struggle to tensions. It is also necessary to like uh, really. Look into how they are implementing or how they are following that in their respective countries, because yeah, uh, it's it, it is also being violated in uh, in in many countries where it is also ratified.
1: Okay, so even though it's been ratified, it's still being uh, ignored, I suppose, right? And not it's not being followed at all. Um, and there's also, uh, you know, in, in your May Day sort of a call to the governments and, and, to, uh, and to corporations as well, right? Employees and corporations, you also call for them to strengthen participatory democracy for workers. Um, d- do you think that's something that can be done? You know, I mean, I suppose that's where the solidarity comes in, isn't it? If everybody is together calling for that, that is something that can be achieved, right?
0: I think this is must be you know we we it's not only just one stop action and then everything is be done. You yeah, know. <laughs> we, we just remember how the international uh, labor day uh, commemoration, meaning that there is some uh, history of the workers unite to demand for working hours, including the international Women's Day, that there is some history that the struggle of worker is must be continue, and then what we need to do is really we cannot stop. You know. Because this is the long-term struggle, you know, we cannot just accept uh, whatever, like, in one day campaign. We know that there is not only just uh, uh, one government. There is a multi, you know, different government. They have different, the same uh, system. So that's why, like, it's not only just one day action and then everything should be done. Yeah, we need to believe that our enemy is not only just one company or one factory, you know, this is international uh, business, you know, they are working together with the government to create a uh, regulation that how to press, to, uh, uh, you know, pressure the worker itself. That's why we believe that we need to continue our campaign. We need to continue our struggle, you know, and of course the, our, our achievement is not only just we win the, uh, you know, we win the case or we win the, you know, the government changing the regulation, but we win victory because we're able to unite. I think this is also that we need to recognize. When women are able to unite, I think this is one victory that we need to you know, uh, right in our uh, note, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And uh, just to go back to the to those ILO conventions that we're seeking to ratify, I think number 177, that concerns home-based workers, right? Uh, Ed, do you want to tell me a little bit about that?
3: Um, yes. Um, the convention uh, 177 is about uh, protection of home-based workers um, because we In APWLD, together with our partners and members, we have observed and monitored that um, there is an increasing number of home-based workers. Mm. And these home-based workers are often lowly paid. These are workers, women workers who do not have access to um, government services, benefits, and their pay are mostly piece rate. And with that kind of environment in which they don't have any protection, yeah. not from their employers, not from their governments, it made them more vulnerable. And of course, when you are home-based, um, the, the, the burdens of women are increasing as well because you are working in the bounds of your, your home yeah. and therefore you are also responsible for care work reproductive work that is not paid and um you doubled it up with um, the work that you need to do for uh, for your employers without any protection without decent wage um women workers who are based in their homes are really vulnerable and it, it is something that has not been discussed in in bigger uh, arena not even um in in government um institutions agencies because they're not considered as workers mm. they are considered as someone who is just contributing to say the income of an house of a household because they practically don't have any um, employee employer relationships so those are the things that we think um, the government should also highlight say um, similar to what sharing um mentioned earlier about the domestic work being not um, recognized as work, um, we have been pushing for the recognition of different kinds of workers so that they will be um, factored in when it comes to assertions of assertion of rights. Because for as long as they're not recognized, they will not be considered and they will not be part of any government um, initiatives if there is some, if there are some mm-hmm. yeah so so that is something that we feel strongly about that um, should be highlighted and should be pushed um in uh in in countries in asia and the pacific region where home-based workers and domestic workers are very much part of the kind of work that women do so yeah
1: Okay. All right. Um, so I guess, you know, the message here, of course, is that solidarity is so important, right, to to amplify all these these messages, all these causes. Um, before I let the three of you go, um, a- any last message that you would like to leave? Maybe, you know, for women who are struggling, who don't know how to come out and to voice, you know, all the different struggles, you know, domestic workers, you know, or people who are not considered workers, even though they are working. Any message that you would like to leave uh, with them? Uh, Shring, you want to go first?
0: Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, we we need to, uh, you know, remember that our big lesson that there is no victory if we never struggle or we never do, uh, you know, action. Mm-hmm. So we need to believe that we can change something because we do something. And uh, for the, you know, it doesn't matter, the government not recognize the organization or our group because we are not registered, you know, but we believe that we must... form or join the group or organization because this this is the only way to protect us, to protect our rights as the workers, as women,
1: as human. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Kams, you want to uh, weigh in?
2: Yeah. um, Maybe it's also good to let them know that our organizations and uh, other women organizations do exist so that they know that they have someone to go to or that can support them or if they want to build a new organization, if they want to join, if they just want to be more aware of their rights. We, our, These kinds of organizations do exist and do very significant work in this in different arenas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as Shane mentioned, speaking up, standing up, speaking up is the first step no? to remove our chains, the chains that bind us to exploitation and other forms of abuses. So it's really important to uh, help ourselves be empowered. And there are existing organizations, there are existing good people <laughs> that can help us do that. And yeah, unity is very important, both locally uh, in, in whatever... Uh, stages may it be in a, in uh the barangay or in uh workplace or of course also in the international level so solidarity is really really important to make uh our voices heard okay all right oh, yeah. thank
1: you thank you and ed you know um you know you've been speaking about the dynamics of the visibility and invisibility of migrant labor um yam any any last message you'd like to leave us with uh with regard to that
3: yes um maybe I would just like to to emphasize that solidarity is at the core of women's resistance, of women's movement in in general. Mm -hmm. And um, it is necessary for for women workers, together with all other workers in different sectors, in different industries, that we work together, that we fight to break these barriers because it is only through collective action um, among workers, in the world, that we are able to dismantle all these barriers, systemic barriers that make it more difficult for women and those who are in the margins, those who are in the marginalized sectors to exercise their rights and be able to live decently as as workers in their society. So yeah, I think those two things, solidarity and collective action are really at the heart of not only women's movement, but also labor's movement in in general. Thank you. Okay, well, thank
1: you so much, all of you, for joining me today. I've been speaking to Sring Atin in, from the Indonesian Migrant Workers Union in Hong Kong, Kams Delehente from the Centre for Trade Union and Human Rights in the Philippines, and it's De La Cruz, the Information and Communications Officer at the Asia-Pacific Forum on Women, Law and Development, or the APWLD. If you'd like to find out more, I think, about everybody's organisation, you can just head to apwld.org. I think everything is, is listed there. Find out how you can support, find out how you can get more informed find out about the issues that are prevalent you know a lot of us in our little bubbles we don't realise you know the sorts of uh, issues that are happening so get informed and uh, and find out how you can assist and if you miss any part of today's uh, conversation you can always download the podcast on the BFM app or at bfm.my this has been Good Things on The Bigger Picture BFM 89.9